name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dom Garanger explains that this feast of the Holy Family, or the Holy Name of our Lord, um, is one that used to be after uh, Epiphany, after the second, around the second Sunday after Epiphany. Um, remember, the church always celebrates three Epiphanies. There is our Lord being visited by the Magi. There is the baptism in the Jordan where the Holy Spirit makes very clear to John the Baptist, this is the Messiah, this is the chosen one. And then the wedding feast of Cana. The church has always acknowledged those three epiphanies, those three revelations. And this commemoration of our Lord's holy name is one that comes later, or originally came later. Dom Karen Jay offers the explanation, the possible explanation, that this was due to the connection between um, the conveyance of a groom's name to his bride at their wedding and the wedding feast at Cana and God permitting us to have his name. I'm just going to put a question mark around that. And... um, Offer it for your consideration. Because as you know, in, uh, in Russia and in, in Spanish cultures, the conveyance of the, the name of the groom to the bride is one that f- follows a pattern um, and isn't um, um, is not uh, similar to uh, what Germans and Anglos do. So... In any event, it could be from a French prism, from a French perspective, that there's, there's an even deeper connection there. Um, what is absolutely the case and obvious and beautiful in the reflections of Dom Garanger is how our, how our relationship with the name of, of God has changed so much, and yet needs to be renewed. So what has changed? In the Old Testament, uh, the, the name of God inspired fear, dread, trembling, would inspire heart attacks, strokes, aneurysms, and instant death. Um, um, A Christian who is aware of the significance of the word of God will continue to refrain from pronouncing uh, the holy name of God as revealed in the Old Testament. Um, That stands out for me as one of the more significant um, dividing lines between someone who is... um, Serious and someone who is unserious about their Christian faith. In the exact way in which Christ established it 2,000 years ago.
at the same time, revealed by an angel twice to his mother and to St. Joseph, the baby born to Mary, the baby who would come from Mary, not just through her, but the, one, the baby that would come from her, the one whose mother she really, he, she really is, is given the name of Jesus, a very ordinary name at the time. Yeshua, it's the name that we pronounce differently to distinguish its use for our Lord and Savior, but a very common name 2,000 years ago. The Lord God wants us to have his name on our lips all the time. He wants it to, to give us comfort and encouragement. He is adopting us into his family through baptism. We are God the Father, sons and daughters. He's given us his name. We belong to him. We're members of his household. Never mind first name or last name, right? Because if you're of that person, 2,000 years ago, if you took someone's name, it means you took their first name, right? Simon Bar-Jonah, Bartholomew, right? You took the, the, what designated you wasn't the occupation that became a family name, but your second name was an acknowledgement of the first name of your father, That's why I would love to explore more and encourage you to look up how the, the names of brides and grooms would um, influence this feast of our, of our Lord's holy name. God has given us his name. We, it didn't take long for us to be known as Christians But there needs to be a renewal, in my opinion. So here's a little insight into the psychology of uh, your typical priest who in the U.S., maybe Europe, I don't know if I can speak for every priest in Europe offering the traditional mass, but in the U.S., I think I can. I, th- I think we treat the name of our Lord as a problem Notice how, by instinct, whenever I've made reference to the holy name, I've only used our Lord's first name once. Every other time, I've referred to our Lord, our Lord and Savior. That's training. It's training in being reverent, um, but it could be overtraining. So, for instance, when we're attending in choir, or a deacon or subdeacon are listening to the priest preach, and we have our berettas on, during the homily, every time our Lord's name is mentioned, when you bow your head, right, the beretta comes off. If the preacher uses our Lord's name three times in the course of a homily, the custom is for the beretta to come off and to stay off. And whether it be traditional or merely colloquial, the explanation that's been handed down from generation to generation is that it's some form of protest, that the preacher is being a little, little carried away 
with our Lord's holy name. He should really back off. Well, um, let's consider something that hasn't changed very much over the centuries, which is the liturgy itself. Consider the Gloria. In the Gloria, we bow three times in honor of God the Father, and then we bow three times in honor of our Lord. Twice by virtue of his name, one by virtue of our um, seeking his forgiveness of sins. Consider when we are at a baptism. We just had a lovely adult baptism in the 62 ritual on Friday. Consider how many times you hear our Lord's holy name and the priest bows and he makes the sign of the cross. And this is, this is power. This is, this is the glory of God being unleashed on humanity. There's nothing. There's, we want to hear our Lord's holy name as often as possible when we're hearing an exorcism, when we're hearing a blessing. It's not a problem. So, I encourage you, yes, of course, remind Christians who don't observe the Pauline instruction to bow their head the name of Jesus to do so. They should, but it goes far deeper than that because we don't actually want to discourage people from using our Lord's holy name. We want them to use the power of the name of our Lord well, reverently, worshipfully, frequently, not seldom, out of servile fear, but with, with filial devotion, we acknowledge our Lord and God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and are in awe that he has come into the world and remains with us. At the creed, once for the Father, once for the Son, once for the Holy Spirit. At the Kyrie, at the Agnus Dei, we're acknowledging the threefold mystery of the Divine Trinity. At the Sanctus, we, we bow for more than just our Lord's holy name. So it's probably good that we're not accustomed to saying it accidentally. But all glory and honor and praise and worship to God the Father by virtue of the Holy Spirit and Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.